You are listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, I'm back for episode number 60, and this is part three with Boomer Princeton. His amazing story of his journey overseas that started in Europe, made its way to the Middle East, and then over to Australia, and then back to Europe, and back and forth, winter ball to summer ball. And uh, most recently, well, he'll tell you more about that, but he got into scouting, and uh, the way that his story ends is pretty remarkable, and uh, just he's a great storyteller, let's face it, and... Uh, you know, I won't waste any more of your time. Let's get into part three with Boomer Princeton. Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Sambat. IBC is now a supplier for Sambat in Europe. So any clubs looking for team orders can contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com and we'll hook you up. Hey guys, just a quick pause for two new sponsors. Kapiri Gloves is the first one. The customization of Kapiri Gloves just blows me away. It's absolutely ridiculous. They have 18 different colors available to you. You could submit measurements of your hand so that they can customize the glove so that it's a perfect fit. Of course, there's the usual customization, such as a number, your name. You could put your flag on it. You can put a personalized logo on it as well. The number of different web options is what really separates them from the others. They have 22 open options and 15 closed. The second new sponsor is 3N2 Sports. Again, the customization is the theme here. Baseball and softball cleats, turf shoes can be customized. Also, customized uniforms. So basically, you can get customized from head to toe through the international baseball community. And of course, at an affordable price for any members, listeners to the podcast, and clubs out there that regularly use the website. So check out kapireglove.com, that's C-A-P-I-R-E.com, and 3n2sports.com, that's 3 and 2 the number, not the words, not spelled out. Okay, take a look at those websites, and if there's anything there that interests you, Go ahead and email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com and I'll set you up. So where we were, we just were is um, you went back to the States after, you know, finishing up the, the season in Germany there after being traded. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much where we, where we left off. You went back to law school. Yeah, I went back to law school um, and this was my second full year in law school and I was I wasn't sure if I was going to go back um, back to Europe again. Um, I, I had pretty much accomplished everything I wanted to by playing in the Hof class and ended it pretty good in, in, in Germany, um, pitching those two games and down the stretch for them. And I just felt like, you know, I've done this now and, and I want to focus maybe more on, on finishing law school and getting something, you know, full time in the States or Maybe even playing in the States. I don't know. You know, my arm felt okay. It didn't feel amazing. I've been playing for pretty much four years straight. Uh, but I definitely wanted the off season to, to have off and, and sort of reconsider, you know, my, my plans. And I was 26 at the time, so um, felt like I was right in sort of that, that prime area of, of, of playing. But it's different because, you know, in Europe, you're, as a pitcher, I, I'd been basically throwing seven, eight, nine innings every time out. And, um, and, and had the two season winners in Australia where, you know, there was no off season for me to take a break. So uh, I might've been 26 at the time, but 
it felt like more like I had uh, an arm of like a 30 year old. Yeah. I can <laughs> so, yeah. What was interesting was I had gotten a, um, I'd gone to see a girl in Hungary that past summer during the summer stop. And, um, during my vacation, I went, I went to Budapest. I think most, most guys that play in Europe are familiar with this. You know, you get two or three weeks off in the middle of the summer and you get to travel. Um, I went to Budapest to go see a girl that I met in, in Italy and the year before. And while I was there, I wanted to keep with my pitching. So I asked her if there was any baseball teams in Budapest. And she's like, we don't have baseball in Hungary. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you do. So we looked it up online and there was a team called the, uh, the Obuda Brick Factory. And uh, they're right outside of Budapest and they, uh, the, they didn't speak English. So she emailed them in, in Hungarian and asked if I could come um, you know, train with them for a few days. And somehow they knew who I was probably cause they looked me up online or something or saw about the Dutch league and, or the German league. And, uh, I went over there and, uh, practiced with them. And it was, it was one of the craziest experiences of my life because, um, I never seen like grown men playing baseball that at that level, like they were the, you know, one of the better teams in, in Hungary and they were all big. They're all big guys. They're all bigger than me. And yet, when I was playing, like just catch with them or, or hitting or taking ground balls, I felt like I was playing with like middle school, high school kids. You know, it was, and that's no offense to them. It was just the level was the disparity in the level was so drastic compared yeah. to what it was in Holland and Germany. Yeah. And it, it was pretty cool. They, they said to me, um, they said they came up to me. They said we would be honored if we could have a chance to try to hit you. <laughs> that, that was how they put it. And I was like, uh, okay. So I got up on the mound and I was just throwing like 70, 75% fastballs down the middle and like, no, they had no chance. I mean, it was like, they, and then, and they were just in awe. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, cause I'm not a big guy. I'm like I said, I'm, you know, pushing five eleven, and, but you know, I'm throwing at probably at this time, you know, mid to high eighties. And, um, if I was throwing 75%, so I'd probably be throwing like 80 miles per hour, which is really good for them. And, uh, then I busted off a few sliders and guys were like, just jumping out of the way, like <laughs> literally like, like bailing out of the box. And, um, I I've, spent I've two days enough with, times <laughs> <laughs> and I spent two days with them and they, they basically said, you should come and, and, and coach us next year. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, that's kind of funny, you know, whatever. Well, over the off season, they, they, they talked to the, the federation and they presented me an offer where I would come in and be like the associate head coach. They had a really good one at the time. Uh, Ingo Gottwald was from Germany and he had done a lot of development work with them mm -hmm. and they wanted like an American guy like myself. They really didn't have an opportunity beforehand to have someone like that where I would come in and, and do camps and clinics and then also coach the national team and, and work with all the levels of the national team program. So when I was back in law school that year, I, I was like, you know, that sounds pretty cool. That's something I've never done before. Yeah. And, um, and, and ended up making an agreement with Hamburg at the last minute to come back, play in, play in Germany, play for Hamburg. And then I would fly over to Budapest, um, like once or twice a month when I had, uh, some free time during the week do some coaching, do some trainings, and then made the schedule so I could be free for the national team events during the summer. So that's a pretty sweet setup, and they're paying your flights, obviously over. Yeah, they're paying for you know flights yeah. over and the hotel and yeah. 
you know, all that because you went to see a girl that you met. <laughs> There's something to that for sure. Um, you know, I, that is part of the story, you know, like I'd like to sit here and say that everything I was able to do in, in, in Europe with baseball was because of how awesome I was or, you know, no, I mean, it was it's about networking and meeting people it, period, whether they're female or whatever, it was you know, very circumstantial and being at the right place at the right time. Sometimes it was the wrong time where I was at certain places like Belgium or, yeah. or, you know, that place in Perth. And, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it all led me to a certain spot. And, um, in, in this case, um, I started working with the, the Hungarian program and that was really cool for me. I, I, I really got, full fully invested in in trying to make the the program in that country better and um as a full-time coach and i was 27 years old so yeah okay let's take us to the end of that season now you finished up a season with the hungarian national team and playing in hamburg and now what about uh, the winter did you go back to australia or did you decide to focus on your studies once again i finished law school and then i went back to Europe not to play but to only coach as the head coach and director of player development for the country of Hungary. That was the summer of 2012. Yes. So I actually graduated law school from um, while I was over in, in, in Hungary coaching. And then I ended up playing for the Rascals in like the interleague there. They, they brought me out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, okay. So in 2012, you did end up playing for the Janos Mora <laughs> Rascals. Yeah, uh, Janos Moria Rascals. Janos Moria. Played play for them in the Finkston Ball Tournament yeah. um, that year. Um, I mean, we took that. That was a Hungarian team. Ty and I played for them, and we, we finished in, I think, third place in the Finkston Ball Tournament. I mean, like, yeah. we, were play, we, played, we took the Swiss national team. I pitched against the Swiss national team. We took them into extra innings to go to the championship. So, yeah, um, we did really well. I took like it was this Seattle Shamori is like this village in um, on the border of Austria, really. I mean, it's closer to Vienna than it is to Budapest. The village is like 150 people, wow. and I they're like bringing me over once a week to play for them. I never practiced, I never was with them. I was based in Budapest coaching the national team, and then I take the train out there and play for them once a week. So yeah, so I'm I'm playing in the interleagues. I, I mean, I I wanted to like just focus on coaching and, and scouting and just retire from baseball. But this league was such a I don't want to like demean it and say it's such a low level, but it's it, you know it's it's Slovakia, Croatia, Hungary. Um, I think I don't know some other uh, Slovenia was in there. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm playing for. Um, I got the blessing of all the other teams. In, in Hungary at the time, I, I sort of had mixed emotions about this. I didn't want to go play against my own guys that I was coaching, right, for the national team. Mm-hmm. But they saw it as like, hey, he's a really good player still. I was only 28 at the time. And they said, well, if you can play for Janos Moria and help them, you know, in, in the interleague and, and get some notoriety there, it'd be good for Hungarian baseball. And that's what the Federation supported me doing. So I really wouldn't have done that unless the Federation – um, supported that, and I thought it did. I, I think it helped bring some notoriety to Hungarian baseball and help make the players more confident by beating teams in Slovakia and beating teams in the Finkston Ball Tournament and you know going to Croatia and beating teams. So um, that was a pretty unique experience. I mean, I was pitching games where 
I, I, I had like 21 strikeouts once in innings <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It, it was, at this point, I was probably throwing like 85, 86. You know, yeah. I was down a little bit, but it was still good enough where, you know, and then my slider was just a pitch that they guys would never would have seen something like that. So, and I was hitting, of course, loved hitting. So, uh, you know, I was hitting probably like close to 500 during the season. I, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. That's how I put it. It was just, you know, I, it was like I'm coaching kids and developing players all throughout the week in Budapest and going to all parts of the country, traveling around. And then once a week I'd go over with the Rascals and I'd get a chance to just like, just be this guy on the field. And so it was, you didn't even so, have to. You just showed up to their games. You didn't practice with them or anything. No, I just rocked up. Like, I would take the train over. I'd get in at like 8 o'clock at night. They put me up at a hotel right across from – there's this one hotel. It was more like a motel really across the, from the baseball field. Nobody there spoke English, right? <laughs> so they had a menu that was all in Hungarian where I could not read it at that time. And I had to like get it translated by somebody. So I was like taking photos of the menu, sending it to a guy back in Budapest who would translate it over while the waiter was waiting. <laughs> like <laughs> – so I like a month later I came over and they actually had their, like a new menu in English that they had gotten for me. <laughs> Nobody spoke English still, so I had to like point it, and then they had to look at the English menu and then look back at the Hungarian menu and see where it lined up. Um, I basically just ordered goulash every time. It was just safe, <laughs> but really good food. Um, yeah, and as I, I arrived that night before the, the Friday night before, I play a doubleheader on Saturday, and then I take the train back to Budapest and. The team loved it, and you know I was doing well, so um, it was just fun. It was and, a lot. And fun. you got to travel around a lot of Eastern Europe then, because you had games with them then in Croatia. You went to Slovenia. You went to Slovakia. Exactly. So, so and then I was coaching. I was coaching the national team, but I was coaching the under sixteen national team, the under eighteen national team, the senior national team. So we, you know, we had the Danube Cup in Vienna. We had a tournament in Navarra, Italy. We had tournaments in Prague. So. When I wasn't playing, I was going with every national team program and coaching them in all these tournaments all over Europe. In the end, I think these opportunities don't fall in your lap if, <clears throat> A, you're, you're kind of not putting yourself out there and, and being sociable and being personable, um, and uh, B, if, if you don't have some baseball knowledge and, and skills to back it up, you know. and, and so Yeah, I mean – it's. I, I agree with what you say, and I. Th- I think to take it a little, a little bit further, like, you know, it's if you know something about baseball, that's the starting point, right? There's a lot of guys that come over to Europe and they don't really know that much, and those. I think those guys get weeded out um, pretty early. Um, yeah. Clubs are can 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 sense that. So, you know, if you if you if you're inauthentic, if you're not authentic and you're not genuine and you, you know, you're not telling the truth about what you are or what you've done. I think that was one of the things I was always authentic. You know, I, I never, Hey, I'm not going to present myself. I'm not a big league pitcher. So I'm not going to try to tell you what, you know, you know, how, you know, what we did in the big leagues. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, I played at a high level college and I'm going to tell you what I learned there. I'm going to tell you what I've observed from the guys that I played with that, you know, went on to higher levels or played against that played up in the higher levels. And, you know, I'm open to new suggestions and new forms and new ideas, but I, at the same time, I'm going to, you know, tell you, you know, what I've done that's worked for me and what I would suggest to do for you. So I think that's just a big thing is just be authentic and be yourself and not, 
you know, if you, at the end of the day, if, if you can bring something, a different perspective to the table as, a, as an American or Canadian or Australian baseball player to another country, to another group, to different people, they're no matter if you played in the big leagues or you played D three ball, you know, they're, they're going to respect you, you know, if if you have their best interests at heart. So, um, I think that's a really important thing to, to realize through all the travels that I had was that in, in the places that I went, you know, I, I wanted to immerse myself with that culture. I wanted to immerse myself with the people there and, and I didn't, want to be a tourist. I don't want to just come in here for a week and then leave. I want to get to know you and be able to come back again and again, you know? And, um, I think, you know, I never tried to, even as, as bad as some of the situations were, I never try to, you know, burn bridges, you know, and I I try to be grateful for the opportunities that I had. So and and the guys that come in with that mentality are the ones that tend to thrive overseas and, and make the most of it, you know? There's a lot of, I mean, look at your website. There's a lot of guys that want to do this, you know, and I think you just have to remember as, as a, as an import, you know, whether it's playing or coaching, you know, you are replaceable, you know, you're not as special as we think we are, you know, you're not entirely that special. So, yeah, but um, on the other end of things, once you're here and you, and you do approach it in that manner, these guys tend to stay overseas as long as they want, as long as their bodies allow them. And, and sometimes once their their bodies fail them, then they they continue uh, overseas as a coach. I, I think that you know, based on what you just said there, you know, I, I, it's one of those it's one of those things where I had this idea in my head that playing at the highest level would be the greatest fulfilling thing ever, um, and it, and it was. You know, playing in in the Dutch league was was incredible. But um, by the time I got to where I was coaching the national team in. in in Hungary, and by the next year, they actually made me the, the full head coach, and I was running all player development for the whole country. I um, I was like, the, found it so gratifying to be able to like make yeah. such an impact at a, at a in a in a small country of baseball. So yeah. uh, for guys that come over, you know, like and you you're like you want to play in Italy, you want to play in Holland, it's great, but you have to remember that that's a that's a league where regardless of how you do, you know, you're not going to. You can make some changes. You can win some championships. You can meet people that will impact you for the rest of your life. But you can make a even bigger impact in some of these other countries where baseball isn't as big on a, on a level. And your your experience and your um, and your energy and your creativity can make huge impacts. Yeah, you know? and that's what I found in Hungary. So, so now you're helping Europeans across Europe. Um, to take their game to another level and that's to the States. So right. maybe you can, how did, how did this come about and, and now, and maybe tell us a little bit about Boomer International, Boomer International. Sure. I, I was in, I ended up going back for a third season to coach the Hungry national team, um, in 2013. And that was the same year that I got hired by the Orioles to scout Europe. Um, mm-hmm. so I was the Orioles lead scout in Europe and, and then I found a good spot in, in the Czech Republic and in, in Brno to to base everything out of. So I was going to coach and play for Hiroshi Brno and coach the Hungary national team and scout Europe for the Orioles. So probably a little bit too much, but you know, if at least I was doing law school at this time. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so you thought you'd done. fill your plate up again? <laughs> yes, I filled it up again. There was something missing there. I needed, you know, I could only sleep five hours a day, so I, you know, I had to fill it up some more. But while I was over there, I, I started. Um, Sort of putting together this um, this format with, um, with with Ty Erickson, where I, I 
at times help guys like here and there sort of that I wasn't able to sign, like go over to the States and maybe play some college ball. And, um, with, with the time that I was in Czech, I, I met so many kids that in the Czech Republic had no concept of like going over to the States and playing college ball. Mm-hmm. They thought, Hey, we're either going to sign or like, we're going to stay here in Czech Republic, you know? Yeah. And there were some really talented players, and um, I worked with a few guys also over in, in the Netherlands when I was coaching at the academy, and, and just in being in Germany and being in um, in Hungary and in all these other places, I I started realizing, you know, hey, we're there's like five guys, ten guys a year that we're signing for for MLB contracts, but there's like hundreds of kids that can really go play baseball in America. Yeah. So um, I partnered up with probably. You know, a coach from every country, um, Mauro Mazzotti, has been instrumental in doing this over in Italy, and Ty Erickson has been instrumental in Germany, and Peter Novotny in Czech Republic, Niels Van Wert and Kevin Rovers in, in, the, in the Dutch League and Belgium. Um, I, I could go on and on um, with, with guys that have helped, you know, recommend players and, and go out there. And, and, and the biggest thing is we try to give kids an opportunity from Europe to go over to the States um, and showcase their talents to college coaches because you know college coaches aren't coming to Europe, yeah. and and just because you don't sign at sixteen or seventeen years old, from a scouting point of view, doesn't you know doesn't mean your career is over. And one example of that is uh, Federico Castanini from Italy, mm-hmm. who was a really overlooked player coming out of Italy at eighteen years old, but he went and played junior college in the states, and then he made it up to Division One with Creighton University, and us the Orioles we drafted him in the thirtieth round or something in. After his junior year at Creighton, after they went to the College World Series, and here was a kid who wasn't even like a star on his Italian junior national team. Yeah, and and, and it shows you that your career is not over at eighteen if you don't sign. And a lot of guys bloom later. And if you just give yourself an opportunity to extend your career somehow, and in this instance, it's going over to the states and playing college baseball. Yeah. you know, it can change your life. You can you can re-enter the draft after junior college. You could go to a four-year school. Um, you can get a you know a pretty good education. You can round out your perspective, and you can play baseball in America. Um, so we've been doing that for the last three years, and it's just been a phenomenal program. Uh, it's called Boomer Baseball International, and an offshoot of that, um, which I'm which I know you've uh, you've participated in, is we we created a uh, sort of an international all star team for fun, uh, where we play in some tournaments uh, during the European season for for pro guys that are playing over overseas. So. Which is also a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Prague Baseball Week was was my that was my first time in 2015, and you know I didn't play. I was assistant coach and more just filming, <laughs> and uh, I loved the time there and just watching the guys and you know get together and have a little break from their regular season and to get together and play in this tournament and share their experiences. It was pretty phenomenal just to sit back and watch it. So. Uh, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to utilize sort of my connections in every country in a positive way, and um, it's just it, one of those things where, again, you know, I was lucky. The organizers of Prague Baseball Week approached me about having a team of imports, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I can do better than just getting guys from the Czech Republic. I have connections in all these places in Europe, so we put the word out, and next thing you know, we have like a roster of thirty guys, and we have to turn away thirty guys, but. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really cool um, thing to partake in. And, you know, I was coaching it the first two years when we, we beat the Czech national team. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of, it's a, it's a great networking opportunity. And, um, you know, it, 
I, I just can't imagine ever not being somewhat involved in European baseball, even though I'm back in the States now. Yeah. So, well, what, you know, to, to finalize this, when you, when you think back to when you first decided to take your career over to Europe, did you ever think that all of this would come of it? <laughs> you know, like was, you know, were you thinking long-term or were you thinking, all right, I'll go over for a year, maybe two, and then I'll head back to the States and, and, um, start my, my regular life. Yeah, I, I, no, absolutely not. I, my goal was to play at the highest level I could in, in Europe. Well, at the time, you know, like when I finished college, was just, let me see how high of a level I can get to, you know, playing. And then when the other opportunities present themselves, yes, you end up having some new goals. You know, you, you know, I, it wasn't like I was just like throwing darts, like, the coaching thing happened. I was like, you know, I want to coach somewhere where I can make an impact. And then the scouting thing happened. It's like, you know, I want to scout in places where I can make an impact, you know? Yeah. And then that sort of becomes a new goal. And so from the get go, I never wanted to coach and I never wanted to scout. I didn't even know what those things are. Now that's like my full time life. That's my job. Yeah. And, you know, so I mean, and, like, do you think you would have had these opportunities in the States? Like, I mean, a lot of people are using overseas to kind of make their way up and, in the administrative end of things as well. Yeah, no, this, what I would have done in the States would have been entirely different. And I could, I could see my career right now. You know, I would have pitched independent ball. I would have been released after a bad outing. I would have knocked around independent ball and had some crazy experiences there. And then, you know, try to get into scouting that way, I guess. Um, with, but I, I don't think I'd end up, end up in, with the Orioles or I would be, you know, doing international scouting or assigned a player. So, it's a different, you know, you end, I think in life you end up in where you're supposed to be. It's just, you take various avenues to get there. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure I would have ended up staying in baseball if I would have stayed in the States because it has a, the States, when you, when you, when you're part of pro baseball here at those lower levels, it has a, can be a very, very cruel monster sometimes, you know, and competitive, Uh, and very competitive and very cutthroat. And, for a lot of guys, you know, they a lot of my teammates from from college that were, were much better players than I was, they got burnt out. You know, they, they were in the system or they were, you know, they were they were playing, you know, competitively and for affiliated ball or independent ball. And then it was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go, you know, into banking or I'm going to go into this or I'm going to do that because, you know, it's it's just so competitive and, and you can get burned out pretty easily. And yeah. what I love about baseball in Europe and about baseball in Australia is that when you play over there, it's not just like a job, you know, it's, it's more of like a lifestyle and it's more about, uh, it's a social thing too. So the idea that you're going to get burned out from it doesn't really, I think exist. Um, and so that's something that I learned from being over in Europe is that, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to take it seriously, but not take it so seriously. And, um, it's something that I definitely learned from starting in Belgium where I was like, way too intense about it to, you know, where I ended in 2013 in the Czech Republic, where I put a team together where we drink and show up to the games, um, <laughs> uh, just not in game shape, but, you know, still had a good time and, and had fun. So I couldn't have imagined doing that seven years previously. You know? Yeah. So now let's, let's talk about what you're doing right now. This yeah. is now, it's not, okay. Finally, we made it to 2000. Hold on a second. What there's nothing here for 2014. <laughs> what did you do in 2004? I guess it's been since 2014. You've been in the States now. Yeah, so in 2014, the, the Orioles reassigned me uh, to, to start working more in the States. 
Um, I had gone over, I'd done some international stuff. Uh, they sent me to South America. I was uh, the first scout to be in uh, the country of Guyana, uh, which mostly plays cricket as a uh, former British colony. And I went in to recruit baseball players. And this was before that movie came out about, uh, you know, John Hamm going into uh, India to do that. Mm-hmm. So I was down in Guyana uh, in South America to do that. And then they wanted me to, to, to start doing some more spring training work in the States and, and basically start scouting the pro leagues in the States. But they also wanted me to do Europe. So I did, a, I, I sort of split up half and half and half. I did some half of 2014. I did was international and half I did was, was pro work in the U S. So by pro work, I mean, I was like scouting, uh, the minor leagues, um, you know, triple a double a, and then did some uh, major league scouting as well. They gave me an organization to scout. So that was a really cool experience to go from Europe scouting amateur players to then scouting, um, you know, pro, you know, minor league and major league guys in the States. And then in 2015, um, they basically had me, 95% 95% of the time in, in the U.S. doing pro coverage, uh, and, and that's still what I'm doing today. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing like 20 to 30 pro teams during the year all around all around the U.S. Um, every single day that there is a baseball game. I have a day, you know, I have a day to, to work. And how cool is that? Like, are you uh, – there's no doubt you're missing the European scene because after all those years traveling around Europe and Australia, I should say – uh, and now you've been in the states, you know, for most of the most of your time these days. Uh, it sounds like a pretty cool job in itself. But uh, how are you feeling about it right now? Are you missing Europe? I, I definitely miss Europe and Australia, and I think you know it's the perpetual state of human nature where you're, you know the grass is always green on the other side. So when you're in Europe and Australia, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the states to be a part of real baseball, you know, <laughs> and real professional baseball. And then you're in. You're, you know, you're, I'm in South Bend, Indiana, and if you're from South Bend, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it really does not compare at all to Amsterdam or to Italy or to you know Sydney. I'm sorry, you know, it's just so you know you're in South Bend, Indiana, and you're staying at a Marriott hotel, and you got nothing to do, and you know the city's like, oh, this is you know whatever. I just got you know baseball game after baseball game after baseball game, and you start thinking, hey, man, it'd be great to go to a game right now in Italy, and then go out for some wine and salami afterwards and you know wine the streets of you know milan or whatever you know so yeah but i'm not feeling sorry for you <laughs> you're watching baseball games for a living so i mean yeah no i can't complain about that and you know it's great to work um you know i'm working with for the orioles and you know they they've given me a lot of responsibility um uh, dan duquette is you know GM there, you know, he actually had signed me as a player in Israel and believed in me, and I give him a lot of credit for, you know, believing basically in, in European baseball. And, you know, I'd signed some guys out of Europe, um, Rashid Engelhart um, from the Netherlands, you know, we have in our system. Um, and, you know, he believed in me about the European uh, game, and, and I did a good job over there, and, and they brought me over to the States, and he believed in me in, in scouting, you know, the players in America and trying to help, you know, fill out, fill our roster and make us more competitive, you know, and I, it's a pretty cool job to, you know, especially in the minor leagues where you can scout other teams' talent and, and it's sort of like baseball espionage. And, you know, I'm not allowed to say which teams that I see or which players I like, but it is pretty cool to, mm-hmm. you know, see guys that are on the cusp of making the major leagues and then 
telling, you know, your boss, like, Hey, let's try to trade for this guy. Or, Hey, if this guy gets released, you know, I think he's undervalued or if he's a free agent, let's go after him. So, uh, it's a lot of work to be honest. It's probably harder than law school. Uh, I, I'm writing reports basically, you know, 10 hours a day during the season. Um, and the games, you know, you're there for six hours a day. So there's very little time to sleep. You know, you're, you're always on the road. Um, it's pretty crazy lifestyle. Um, there's really nothing to compare it to. Um, but it is at the end of the day, it's, it's a pretty cool baseball job to have. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've been doing that for pretty much two years and, uh, awesome. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing where, you know, how this, where, where your career goes after this. And, you know, I know I'm going to get to meet you here pretty soon face to face. Um, hopefully at Prague baseball week in 2016 here. Yeah, getting ramped up for that. We just signed our uh, first player of the team, guy you might know, Scotty Mulhern. Uh, <laughs> boy, yeah. He, he, he's, he's been messaging me on Facebook, like begging me to let him on the team. I've never seen him play, actually. He was hurt two years ago when I when I last coached there. So, um, yeah, I, I took, a, took a leap of faith. I signed Scotty to the International Stars uh, for Prague Baseball Week. He's the first guy, and uh, yeah. if you are a, if you are a foreign guy though, and you're you you know, or sorry, uh, an import in Europe this year, and you're listening to this, and you want to play for the International Stars, uh, you know, get a hold of David or myself, and we'll uh, we'll see if we have enough spots on the rooster. You know? Yeah, I just sent you two names today. Check them out. <laughs> a couple of I good. Saw, you know, January twenty fifth, and you know, it's like this is serious stuff. We're already getting ready for. Yeah. You know, Prague Baseball Week in June. We know we are, we're on a mission. We 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 lost last year, and uh, yeah, I take that lightly. So uh, well, that's why I sent you these two names because they definitely can help change that around. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Perfect, man. Great summary. Uh, great interview. Long interview, but I mean, the story is is fun to listen to. And if and uh, you know. if anybody listened to this whole thing. Okay, you can contact me, and uh, I will I'll literally buy you a beer. You know, <laughs> whenever I see you, I'm always traveling for for baseball now. So if you have listened to this whole thing, I um, I will not send you money, but if you ever meet me in person, I will I will definitely buy you a beer. So well, you is. can. It sounds like you've just uh, bought yourself <laughs> at least uh, thirty beers next. Next summer at Prague Baseball Week or at Fingston. Because <laughs> everybody listens to it. Those are the guys I, that are yeah. listening to it probably. I don't know. Yeah. Two people that will definitely listen to it all the way through. Uh, my parents, my mom and dad, Jay and Dale. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this all the way through, mom and dad. And thanks for all the support. And uh, happy 2016 to you and, and all the listeners out there. Yeah. Thanks a lot, David. All right, buddy. Take care, man. That wraps up episode number 60, part three of three with Boomer Princeton. We got his full remarkable story in. He's a great storyteller. It was fun to listen to. I've listened to it myself. Usually I don't like to go back and listen to the podcast episodes because I can't stand my own voice and some of you probably can't either. But his story is pretty darn cool. And it also shows you guys, any of you that are, are thinking of taking your careers overseas, what is what is possible out there. And uh, you, know, you really truly can travel the world playing baseball and it can lead to careers off the field as well. Um, so, you know, thanks for listening and I want to thank Boomer for sharing his story. And again, if anybody out there that is listening has a similar story, which I'd be amazed if you did, but have an international baseball story that is interesting and you'd like to share it, you could email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com. 
Also, as you guys heard, there are two new sponsors on board. So now we have Sam Bat, Capire Gloves, and 3N2 Sports. I'm here to help you get into a new glove or a new uniform or throw a new bat on your shoulder at the best price that I possibly can give you, especially if you're somebody that is using the website as a player or a club. I'm happy to help you out. Uh, with the price the best that I can so go ahead and email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com if you're in need of anything whether it's cleats uniforms gloves bats uh, and we'll, we can shoot emails back and forth or we can Skype about it I'm happy to help you out in any way I can and answer your questions so until next time we'll catch you on episode number 61 take care everybody